1: Hey,
2: sis, welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Join the Girl Goodnight gang. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All links will be in the episode description. Complete the form linked in our bio to be featured on the show, and share your thoughts and opinions in the Girl Goodnightland Facebook group. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girls, share the show and show us some love with the five-star rating and review. Our journals make the perfect addition to the show. View them and all of our merch on Etsy. Link in description. Tonight we'll be reading "L," written by author Camille. To learn more about author Camille check out the BlackBerry series. All links to keep up with author Camille and shop her collection will be available in the episode description. On last week's episode, Corinne tells Cherry to leave Carson's new girl alone and she beats Carson's ass. Now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and sleep in melanated peace. Episode 25 More than one baby mama Of course having more than one baby mama is a deal breaker for Grace She's an introvert who sees most of the world through CNN It's girls night and we're relaxing at Yeldud's Cigar Bar guessing what deal breakers the men here have None of us smoke well, cigars I'm sure Charlie smokes blunts with the best of them but we like to come here and watch the eye candy It's cheaper than a strip club and cleaner too You will die a virgin. Charlie rolls her eyes, annoyed by Grace. These two polar opposites. I am not a virgin, Charlene. Grace whispers through clenched teeth like she always does when she's pissed off. Charlie shrugs and takes a sip of her Hennessy. Two baby mamas is not a deal breaker for me. Now three, and I'm going to have to automatically shift you from the could be the one to the friends with limited benefits category. She laughs and does her signature freaky body roll, which of course catches the eye of a few of the gentlemen near us. No ambition, Royal says, nodding toward a table in the back. Right side pocket, purple shirt. We all take our time to sneak a peek at him. He's standing near the wall with his shoulders slumped and his hands deep in his pocket. He's watching everyone and everything without interacting. Weirdo. Ooh, good one. I co-sign and we toast our glasses. No confidence either, Royal adds, tilting her head to the side. I nod and hurry to swallow. Yes, I agree. And there is nothing worse than a man that constantly needs you to build his ass up. Too many female friends. Royal is on a roll. She cuts her eyes toward the bar where a guy is joined by three ladies. That, or he's gay, I added with a raised eyebrow and we giggle. I can't fuck with either, Charlie says First I don't believe you can have 15 female friends but y'all ain't never fucked Second I don't have time to compete with a man for a man Religion We all turn to look at Grace who has finally added something to our long list She takes a sip from her wine Behind me left corner pocket She's looking at a guy in a nice suit He does have the look that he belongs to the nation of Islam Charlie guffaws." Religion? Really? Royal inquires. He has to be Missionary Baptist. I don't know anything about the nation or Buddha. Aw, hell. Grace is about to take us deep, and I've had way too much wine for this. I mean, don't get me wrong. To each his or her own. But for me, I need someone equally yoked. I need someone that I can understand. Spirituality is important to me. But it's also important that we be on the same page about some things. Charlie gives Grace an incredulous look. Since when have Christian's ever agreed on anything? Regardless, Grace is doing that whispering through her clenched teeth thing again. The core values are the same. I can build on that. Charlie concedes and nods in agreement before someone catches her eye. Controlling asshole. We all forgot to be inconspicuous and turn to look at one of her exes as he enters the bar. One look at her and he heads in the other direction. Too controlling, always ends up trying to get hands on, Royal says, draining her glass and signaling the waitress. And if you hit me, I'm whooping your ass, I add with attitude and hold my glass out. Charlie chimes in, show you right, as we toast. Cheap, I say. At the bar, knock off Jordan's. I know my shoes and those aren't real. He cannot be cheap, Charlie's upper lip curls in disgust. Because if he has it and won't spend it, I don't want him. Shit, that needs to be a rule. Rule number 50 money. If he has it, he must be willing to spend it. Good looking out, Charlie. Well, since nobody else is going to put it out there, I say, looking at all of them seriously. Check out the guy with the ring and the female with that one next to us. Motherfucking Cheater. Where's the lie? Royal agrees. And he probably doesn't even have a good relationship with his children. Too busy out chasing ass, Grace mumbles disgustedly. Look at this motherfucker. Charlie turns her back to the bar when a guy in sagging jeans and an oversized shirt and ball cap winks at her. Fresh up out the pen. See rule number nine. Unavailable can mean more than married. It can mean mentally, socially, spiritually, and for damn sure physically. Royal agrees. What good is a locked up man? All that mofo can do is run up your telephone bill and waste your gas as you run back and forth to the penitentiary to visit him. And don't forget all those damn emails they send. Always begging for naked pictures of you and asking you to wear scandalous shit when you visit wanting you to run by their people's house and pick up shit to mail to them. Don't forget about money on the books. They actually expect you to do that shit. It's too much damn work. We're all looking at Charlie. It's obvious that this became a deal breaker for her after she did it. Okay, okay. So I did date this guy who was locked up. I didn't find out until a month into it. I just thought he lived in another state and worked a lot. You got catfished by a nigga in the pen? I asked and burst out laughing. Even Grace and Royal joined in. Baby, let me tell you, there is absolutely no, I repeat, no shame in Charlene Taylor's game. So anyway, I met him online. He was trying to become a rapper. Mistake number one and two. Royal mumbles and we all laugh more. Charlie rolls her eyes and keeps going. He emailed me some of his music. Was it any good? Grace cuts in. Yes, girl, it was everything. I still have it if you want to take a listen. Grace shrugs. Sure. Okay, I'll flip it to you. Charlie takes out her phone as Royal and I exchange a glance. You want to finish the story or no? I take a sip from my wine. Oh shit. Charlie laughs and takes a shot of Hennessy. Okay. So he sends me the tracks and I listen. After that, we started messaging back and forth. Of course, he can't always talk on the phone because he was spending a lot of time in the studio. Or so he lied. Anyway, we talked on the phone a lot at night. This rocked on for about a cool month. All of a sudden, I just stopped hearing from him. Next thing I know, I get a Colette call. Guess who it's from? Charlie rolls her eyes and makes a face that causes us all to burst into laughter. I accepted it. I wanted him to know that I wasn't trying to fuck with him like that. But next thing I know, we've been kicking it for a couple months. Wait, hold up, I say sitting up. How the hell you go from accepting a call to kicking it a few months? Sis, I know, right? Charlie says in an exaggerated tone and sits back heavily in her seat. He could rap, so you know, he was a slick talker, right? He had me gone. I can't believe you let a man in prison tie you down. Royal is suspicious. There's a slight frown on her face. We all know how Charlie is. This girl is not the settling down type. Who said anything about tied down? I was still doing me. See, told y'all. Anyway, it just got to be too much damn work. And then he had the nerve to start trying to question me. Like... How the hell you gonna ask me where I've been and if I was with another man when you can't even pop up on me? She cocks her head to the side and waves her hand in a go-on motion. Child, please. A free man can't keep up with me. How can a jailbird or a prison pigeon? Episode 27. Why do problems seem amplified late at night? I've managed to fight off the depression that's been nipping at my heels all day. I worked my ass off, came home, and stayed busy, took a long hot bath, read some of Stephen King's latest novel, and dozed right off. Now it's 3.30 a.m., the witching hour, and I can't go back to sleep. All I can see is Lindy with her perfect face and her perfect body. She could have any man she wanted. Why mine? Hot tears bubble up and spill over before I can stop them. I thought I was done crying over this, but after seeing her, it just hurts worse. I'm here alone with two kids and he is traded up for a fucking prettier, younger edition, Bastard. Rule number 19, cry all you want as long as you wipe your face and keep pushing. Sorry, y'all. I know I shouldn't be crying and whining. I'll be better tomorrow. And I know it's done and over, but she had a lot of nerve coming to my house, right? Now here I go with the shoulda woulda couldas. Shoulda be her ass. Woulda whooped his too. Coulda at least said something. But what did I do? I didn't do shit. I just told him to leave again. It hurts so bad. My chest feels like it's on fire. I gave him everything I had to give. Who am I kidding? I gave him everything and then begged, borrowed, and stole a little more and gave him that too. He was the one who wanted another baby. I was good with our two boys, but he kept begging me. He wanted to try again for a little girl, a daddy's princess, and I finally gave in. It took us half a year to conceive. I worried that maybe the time for children had passed that we could no longer conceive. I smiled in the dark as I remembered the look on his face when I told him. I didn't do anything special like I see on social media. The pregnancy test in the gift box or write it on a sticky note and put it on the refrigerator door. No. I just walked up to him, threw my arms around his neck, and told him, We're pregnant! The joy on his face was so pure. It was a glimpse at his soul. For a few seconds, he wasn't a black man who had to be aware of everything and everybody. For that moment, he was wide open. To me. He hugged me, and we cried tears of joy. Who would have known that five short months later, we would be crying again. Tears of misery. And then... A few short months later, I would be crying alone. I'm tired of being alone, night after night in this big cold bed. I wish I were a stronger woman, the type who really doesn't give a fuck about a man or not, but I enjoy being married. For all of my ranting and raving and hard-ass ways, at the end of the day, I don't want to die alone. I want someone to grow old with, someone here when the boys are grown and gone and have lives and families of their own. I want strong arms and a strong back to support me. A warm smile and warm hugs to comfort me. Dependable and available. Someone just for me to share all my joys and sorrow. Okay, I'm rambling. I need to get some rest. Morning will come soon enough. I roll over on my side and let the tears continue to fall because I know eventually they will stop. So let me make sure I got this right. I knew Roy was going to give me the most shit over my epiphany. We're no longer hunting lust. We're ready for love again? Mm Mm-hmm. I balanced the phone between my shoulder and ear. I can't really talk with my little men near. We're packing their bags for the weekend. Carson is taking them camping and fishing on his grandfather's property in Bearden. But we aren't interested in any man we've met yet, and especially not Vance. We're starting a new victim list? Victimless? Royal giggles in the phone. Sorry, did I say that out loud? Don't do me! Okay, okay, but I have to ask. What about the cop? Nah. The way you went on and on about him, I'm surprised he's not at the top of the callback list. Shit, she can't. In the movie, he probably wouldn't answer her phone call. I'm trying to talk in code. When my kids were little, we could spell everything out. I bet he will answer. You just need to dial those digits. This is why Royal is my girl. Right, but don't forget she blocked him, and he probably has figured it out. It was weeks later. Aw, shit. I forgot you did that weeks ago. Hell, you better unblock him. I don't know. There's probably no conversation to be had now. Girl, bye. Bye. You need to at least try. You never know. Stranger things have happened. It only takes me a minute to decide. Nah, I'm starting fresh. In the back of my mind, I'm considering her suggestion. But by the time the kids are packed up and picked up, I've decided not to call. Am I a chicken shit? Yeah, probably. The next night, the girls are at my house for a special emergency sleepover. Even Cherry is attending this one. You'll never guess why. First, let me say, from time to time, I do stupid shit. I know it. I admit it. I claim mine. Rule number 24, always be honest with yourself, even when lying to others. Tonight is to examine my change of heart towards serious dating. Apparently, Charlie and Cherry, which is a bad combination altogether, had lunch the other day and decided I was a great topic for discussion. My singleness, to be exact. Apparently, Royal mentioned to her sister that I was ready to take it more seriously. So they came up with this grand scheme that they, along with Royal and Grace, would each set me up on a blind date with a man they knew and thought I would be a good match for. I hate that word, match. I don't want to be matched. Why women with a man or a steady supply of dick think they are connoisseurs of love is beyond me. I never said I needed them to help me find a man. The other issue I have with the find Corey a man campaign is that they are honestly choosing guys that they like. That's a big flaming red flag. If it doesn't work out or goes horribly wrong, it may change the relationship they have with that person or, God forbid, with me. Yeah, I fucked up. I should have just said no. But as I look at the pictures of the matches they're pulling off social media, I have to admit, some of these guys seem interesting. What do you have against white dudes? Charlie is offended that I told her I would absolutely not go out with her pick. I'm telling y'all, these white boys are way freakier than these niggas. Did I ever tell y'all about the time I got caned? What? Royal is flabbergasted. The rest of us are giggling. Cherry slaps high five with Charlie and exclaims, Hell yeah, that shit hurt, don't it? Man, I thought I would never be able to sit down again. What in the world made you want to do that? I'm with Royal on this one. After slavery, I'm not bending over and letting no white man whoop my ass. That shit is not sexy at all. You hit me, I'm hitting your ass back. Period. It was after that movie came out with the rich dude and his little friend, and he was in the whole Dom and Sub thing. I wanted to try it. I saw that movie. Grace doesn't say anything more, just ducks her head. She obviously enjoyed it. I personally thought the movie was a twisted-ass version of Cinderella, more like Spankarella. After seeing the first one, there was no way I was watching the follow-up parts. Hey, some folks like that sort of shit, but not me. Duke and I tried it. It wasn't that bad because, of course, he went easy on me. My man is a dom at heart anyway. We just added some toys to the mix. Cherry gives us all a sneaky smile. Oh, Lord. I didn't need that visual. I look at Royal and smirk. Yeah, now I know how she feels. Well, I won't be trying it again. Once was enough for me. This dude was serious about it. Not enough to have a whole room like the white boy in the movie, but he definitely had a trunk full of shit. Charlie turns to me, but that doesn't answer my question. Shane is a great guy and I've known him a really long time. I met him when I was working at the ABC for EFG. How could we forget when Charlie was cinnamon, stripping out a gentleman's club in Hot Springs? The Alphabet Club, or ABC, is a well known establishment that only caters to upper businessmen who want a little show and no tell, or in some cases, a little spank and tickle. Although being an exotic dancer for Elijah, Felix, and Gideon was a little out there, even for Charlie, She was doing good until she started dating Felix. Then all hell broke loose and she ended up on Royals couch for a few months. You are trying to fix me up with a man you met at a strip club? I reach for the bottle and refill my glass. He was hosting a business meeting there. He only rented one of the boardrooms. I shake my head. No, thank you. Charlie huffs and puffs and sticks her lip out. That's not fair, Corey. You already agreed to go out with Grace's boring-ass friend from church. Like he's not just going to sit there and stalk or stare at you all night. He's probably still a virgin like her. I am not a virgin. Yeah, whatever, Grace. Corey, I'm telling you that Shane is a nice guy and you're missing out. Rolling my eyes, I give in. Okay, fuck, I'll go out with him. Damn, Good. He just messaged me back and he's free tomorrow night. What the fuck, Charlie? That was Royal, not me. I'm still sitting here looking at her like she's crazy. You messaged him before I even agreed? Charlie only shrugs. So that's Grace's choice, Trevor, and Charlie's choice, Shane. I look to Royal. Well, what do you have? Because I have a feeling I need to save cherries for last it's Cherry's turn to be offended see I've been thinking about this for days and I have somebody really good for you but since you want to act like that I'll just go with my second less desirable choice Okay, you go first Cherry Royal says I have a feeling mine will be the one she ends up with anyway Royal shrugs like it's no big deal Cherry rolls her eyes and takes a sip okay so first you have to promise me that you will hear me all the way out this is bad. Oh, Lord, Grace says as Charlie sits up straighter and Royal laughs. I know Royal is enjoying this. As much shit as Charlie comes up with and I sit back and kiki, turnabout is fair play. Just tell me. I don't want any long drawn out explanations. Just rip the band-aid off. Let me first remind you that you said yes to both Grace and Charlie Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Okay. Well, he is a businessman and I met him through Creed. Red flag. Creed is a rehabilitated hustler who is now running legit luxury car dealerships in Little Rock, Fayetteville, El Dorado, and Jonesboro. But I'm not fooled. You can take a man out the game, but you can never take the game out the man. I'm told y'all he's probably more dangerous now than he was before. Okay? I say slowly and reach for a hot wing. I'm going to need sustenance to make it through this. His name is Tahiri Winters, and he's a businessman. Tahiri means rich or wealthy in Swahili. Grace enlightens us. Are his parents from the motherland? Cherry shrugs. I don't think so, but I don't know anything about his people. All I know is he got that paper. Hey, hey, hey! Charlie throws her hands up and starts waving it while doing a hip roll in her seat. That's what I'm talking about. Hook a sister up with some cold, hard cash. That's what I'm saying. Cherry and Charlie slap hands again. He's got several businesses that he owns, and he lives in this big-ass house. He even has a private jet. I'm not trying to downplay my baby sister's choice, but that all sounds like a man who already has somebody. Several somebodies, in fact. True. Royal agrees with me. These younger females might see that as a catch. I see a man with a lot of money and a lot of time as a lot of problems. I need a man who has somewhere to be all day, every day, just like me. So what are these businesses? I need to know because like I said, we all know Creed. One of them is the car dealership that Creed bought. He sold it to him. He's a great guy. He said he's looking for someone to settle down with. I cut my eyes at Royal. Sis, when a man like that says he wants someone to settle down with, what he's really saying is that he wants someone at home. That way he has something dependable in between trick and treating. What she said, Royal jabs her thumb toward me. You don't know that. And I'm feeling like Charlie here. You don't even want to go out with our choices. You got your mind all made up on what Mr. Right for you will look like. Maybe what you should do is tell us what you want and then we can go out for applications and find him for you. That stung a little bit. What I want, I'm sitting up now because I didn't ask them to do this. Yes, their hearts are in the right place, but it's not necessary. I want for you not to have high expectations for your choices. You like them. I don't know them. Just give it a chance, sis. And if he isn't great for you, no harm, no foul. Hell, he can't be worse than the losers you've been out with so far. She has a point. Okay, I'll go out with him. I refill my glass and pass the bottle around. Okay, so my pick, Royal stops to smile at me, is a businessman as well who probably has a cleaner record than Mr. Winters. Excuse me, Cherry interrupts. I will have you know that Tahiri is legit. Royal gives Cherry an overly sympathetic look. They all are until the feds bust down their door in the middle of the night and haul them away. Anyway, she turns back to me. His name is Taylor Broadmoor and he owns his own company. He's divorced and has three kids, two with his ex and one before they were married. He is super fine and I think you two will hit it off great royal is so excited that i'm speechless she's all smiles and bouncing around on the couch like she's had too much to drink or needs to pee okay i glance at the other three ladies what kind of business i'm not telling you you'll have to find out on your own i know you better than these heifers i'm not telling you shit you're nosy
0: so i know you'll do your own investigating
2: Episode 29. I broke a record. I went on four blind dates in two weeks. Now, for some of y'all, that might not be anything special, but for me, it's something serious. So, I'll give you a quick rundown of the first three because the final date is tonight. Up first was Charlie's Choice, Shane Beacon, the gorgeous white boy with the BMW. Honestly, I just wasn't interested. I don't know if I'm still suffering from the trauma with Vance or if I'm just biased to my brothers, but Shane didn't do it for me. Next up was Trevor Atkins, Grace's choice. It's a wonder I didn't fall asleep at the table. He was so boring. We spent the entire evening fighting to make conversation. I have never been so relieved or so tired after a date. I told Grace she is banned for life for matchmaking. No wonder she's never been married or had kids. And finally, Cherry's choice. To Harry Winters Playboy extraordinaire He flew me to Memphis in his private jet for a rooftop dinner He was more impressed with himself than I was and by the end of the night it was obvious he thought he was about to get some I shut that shit down with a quickness Tonight I'm going out with Royals Choice At this point it really can't get any worse At least I don't think it can't The Application Taylor Broadmoor Age 38. Height, he looked tall in the picture. Weight. Whatever tone muscles in no body fat way. Job. Owns his own business. The good, Royal likes him. The bad, yet to be determined. The ugly? Shit. I'm scared to find out. We arrive at the restaurant about the same time. Tonight we're eating at Red Lobster. Big Spinda play a player. Royal has nothing but good things to say about you. He says, smiling with his pretty teeth glowing. She refused to tell me anything more than you were her best friend in the whole world and that if I wasn't a perfect gentleman, she would remove some of my much-needed body parts. I laugh because that sounds exactly like something Royal would say. Well, if it makes you feel any better, she refused to tell me anything about you too. She only said you were divorced, had three children, Owned your own business and the rest was for me to find out. Taylor shakes his head as he laughs. God, this is a beautiful man. Almost too pretty for his own good. He's got a low haircut with nice deep waves, chocolate eyes that sparkle, a perfectly sculpted nose and full luscious lips that cover the most beautiful teeth I've ever seen. It's obvious he works out from his broad shoulders and muscles. He's shorter than I like, but not so much that it's a turnoff. So... Since we have to give detailed reports at this date, he smiles again, pauses, and throws in, I'm guessing she has also told you she's expecting a play by play of the night? I nod and laugh. She did. I can't believe Royal told him that, too. Wait, yes, I can, because she's just that damn nosy. In that case, what would you like to know about me? I'm an open book. The conversation pauses as our drinks are delivered. Why don't you start with the basics, where you work? Cause y'all know I need to be able to guesstimate how much money old boy is making and what you like to do for fun. Now this next rule may be debatable for some of you. For me, no, it's not, to each her own. Rule number 32, Mariable must bring what I have or more to the table. If you choose to support or struggle with your man, that's your business, do you sis? but ain't no dick in the world worth me paying the majority of the bills and taking care of wifely duties. Damn bet. I know he expected me to ask about the ex-wife and the kids. I'm so glad y'all know me better than that. Taylor and I spend hours at the restaurant talking. He's very intelligent and we have a lot of things in common. I'm actually really feeling him. I can't wait to get home and tell Royal that she did good. We've been cracking up these past weeks over my other dates. No sooner than I get in the house and get undressed, there's a knock. Taylor must have forgotten to tell me something. It's late and I really don't want to answer it, but after we had such a good time, I would hate to be rude. He's headed to the airport, so I know he won't be here long. Hey, I open the door all smiles, even though I'm tired. Standing there is a face that I haven't seen in years and still it's too soon. The fuck are you doing here? My blood pressure shoots up so high, my head starts to ache. I'm looking for my bitch. Rashawn Ford had the nerve to smile at me like calling my sister a bitch is something natural. He is the most disgusting man I've ever met. He used Cherry until she was a broken, bitter shell. She's still dealing with the aftermath of being with him. I thought your nasty ass was in ADC getting gang raped for life without parole. Ten years ago, Rashawn was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole for killing a man in the strip club. Who the fuck let this piece of trash out the can? Maybe he escaped. Looking down at him, he's dressed in a fresh pair of jeans and a t shirt. He has that newly released from prison look. Not that I escaped and I'm running for my life. When my phone vibrates, I realize that I've been squeezing it hard enough to leave marks on my palm. i won my appeal and I'm here to get my girl. His patience with me is getting short. He's looking at me like I'm standing in the way of him and a payday, which I probably am. It's just not the compensation he's expecting to receive. My, how times have changed. Once upon a time, Rashad had been all smooth smiles and easy conversation. That was before my family realized that his baby face was actually hanging on the head of a sadistic, narcissistic, old ass murdering pedophile who gets off manipulating young girls working them from every angle until they are setting up marks for him to rob and murder if necessary. Get the fuck off my porch, bitch. I go to slam the door in his face and he shoves it back hard enough to throw me against the wall. Some of you have been abused. I get that. And let me assure you, I pass no judgment. But let me tell you my view on it before I show this nigga how a big sister does it. First, rule number 21. Any woman can get her ass whooped by a man, once. Now, I'm not saying that I'm so big and bad that I can't get my ass whooped, but you will have to be the King Kong of the motherfucking world to get me again. Trust that. You will not eat or sleep near me or anywhere I'm aware of until I fuck you up for touching me. For the rest of my life and into the next, I will hunt a man who has hurt me physically until he suffers more than I ever did. I'm not victim material. I don't hesitate to reach back and pop Rashawn in his mouth. I put everything I have into the swing. All the anger of what he did to Cherry and how he treated my family after we turned his ass out. Now this man has prison muscles, so you know that little shit didn't even register on his pain scale. He smiles at me with blood in his teeth. Oh, your fat ass like it rough? He catches me with a backhand that sends me reeling across the room. I don't fall all pretty and graceful like the females in the movies. No. I land in a hard thump on the living room floor and knock a vase off the sofa table that hits me in the fucking head too. Shit, that hurt. I didn't come here to play with your ass, Corey. I just want to know where Cherry at. He has the nerve to stand there looking down at me. Then this bastard hawks and spits blood on my living room floor. Before he can even finish wiping his mouth on the back of his hand, I lose my damn mind. I kick him in the fucking knee with both feet. Shit, you want to take out somebody bigger than you? Take out that motherfucker's knees. Rashawn stumbles, and while he's falling forward, I pull my feet back and kick out to catch his other knee. But this slippery bastard avoids me. He's got a bad temper, so I know I'm playing with fire. If he hurts me too bad, maybe he'll get arrested for assault and Sherry will have time to prepare herself for his release. I can't believe that victim assistance didn't warn her he was getting out. This nigga fights me, slapping and punching until I'm flat on my back and he has my hands locked above my head. Don't worry yourself, big sis. He's laughing. I would never fuck an ugly-ass fat bitch like you. He sneers at me and I'm so filled with hate that I spit in his face. That gets me another backhand. He must think he's some kind of... Well, he was a pimp. He puts one of his hands around my neck and squeezes. Where's Cherry. I'm wheezing, struggling to breathe, still refusing to tell him, no matter how many times he asks. I don't care that she lives with Duke and I know he would never let anything happen to her. I won't betray my sister. Where? He roars with his nose against mine. I close my eyes and think about my babies. She will take care of them. Cherry loves them. She won't let them go to foster care. Where is she, bitch? Right here. Oh, God. He releases me suddenly and jumps to his feet as I cough and sputter. Spinning around, he faces Cherry, who's standing in my door. There's my bitch. No! I'm fighting to catch my breath as I get up, but before I can even get to my knees, I hear her whisper. Finally, the absolute last fuck. And then, her gun roars loudly. Not once, not twice, but until the clip is empty. I don't even realize I'm screaming until she's holding me. Holding me. I grip her so tightly that she has to fight to get away from me. And even then, I hold on until she gives up and hugs me again. What are you doing here? Look at your face. Both of us cry rivers. Cherry and I are sitting next to each other on the sofa, watching Rashawn bleed out when the first police officers arrive. She explained that she was coming to see how my date went because she had talked to Charlie, who had talked to Royal, our sister keeper Grapevine at work. The uniformed officers ask us a series of questions as the paramedics clean and bandage my face. It's not as bad as it looks. Cherry took pictures of it as soon as we were able to calm down some. My nose and eye will be bruised and swollen, and there's a large cut on my bottom lip, but I'll live. And so will she. What's important is he's dead. Good Fucking riddance. I hope he's sucking on fire and brimstone. A detective shows up a few moments after we finish answering questions and excuses the uniforms. Sitting down in one of the armchairs, he gives us a smile. I'm Detective Mitchell Phillips. My partner will be joining us shortly. Until then, is there anything I can do for you ladies? The police are taking photos of Rashawn's stinking dead ass and swabbing Cherry's hands. She looks to me. No, I say closing my eyes and holding the bridge of my sore nose. I'm suddenly very, very tired. When I open my eyes, I get the second shock of the night. Lorenzo Valentino is standing in my living room. He's looking at me like a man who has seen an oasis in the middle of a desert. His eyes travel over my injuries and a frown mars his beautiful face. I look away quickly, too quickly, and Cherry picks up on my shock you she demands i'm detective lorenzo valentino detective phil's partner i'm sorry i'm late he's talking to her but his eyes never leave me and i can't stop stealing nervous glances of him lorenzo sits next to me on the sofa with his large frame turned towards mine are you okay it's like the entire world has faded away i can still hear it in the background like a constant hum but only he and I exist right now. I nod without speaking. I can't speak. I want to run my fingers over his hair and wash my face, but suddenly his large warm hands cover mine and I realize how bad they were quivering. Let's talk in the other room, Detective Phillips says suddenly standing and the four of us move to the dining room table. Again, Lorenzo sits next to me. This time, he's resting his elbows on his thighs, holding my hand in his as he looks into my eyes. Tell me what happened, beautiful. Why would he call me that? Why now, when my nerves are so raw? Tears well up in my eyes before I can stop them, and he immediately stands and pulls me into his arms. I hear the door between the living room and dining room close, and when I pull away, his partner is standing with his back against it, and Cherry is watching us closely. You know this nigga, sis. I still can't talk. I grab some tissues off of the buffet table and dab in my eyes. Cherry won't be denied. How? We met at a bakery and went out once, Lorenzo offers. Uh Uh-huh. She's not satisfied with his answer, but one look from me and she gives up the interrogation, throwing her hands up in mock surrender. I need to know exactly what happened from the very beginning. Lorenzo is back to business as we take our seats again. Don't leave anything out. Cherry and I go through the entire story from the moment I open the door. I leave out the part about thinking Taylor has returned. I don't know why. Well, I do, but I don't feel like it's important right now. Lorenzo and his partner listening closely, only interrupting us when they have a follow-up question to something we said. When the interview is over, Lorenzo gives me a sad smile. Sounds like self-defense to me. I'm shocked, and I guess it shows in my expression because he chuckles deeply. I had been going over all the worst-case scenarios in my mind. Cherry being arrested and imprisoned, court hearings, and a crueler jury trial. I refused to allow myself to even entertain the idea of her being sentenced to prison. But as I released a long, pent-up sigh, I realized that it was a possibility. Get the fuck out the way! I hear Duke shout and Cherry runs toward the door, pushes Detective Phillips out the way and catapults into Duke's arms, wrapping her legs around his waist. He holds her tightly, pressing her face into his shoulder and a small part of me is jealous. Where the fuck did that come from? I've never been jealous of Cherry, ever. I've always supported her and been happy at her successes and fussed at her failings. But now as I watch how tenderly Duke handles her, I feel a sickening loss. Is this what I want? To have a man to comfort me? As strong as Cherry has been since she entered the house, it's almost like now she can relax. Now that Duke is here, everything will be all right. And the look on his face, that protective and slightly possessive expression that says he will murder anyone who has caused her anything less than complete happiness is amazing. I've never had that. Carson was never that for me. What would it be like to have a man I could throw myself at and know, without a doubt, he'll catch me? Duke's eyes study us as he walks in, still holding Cherry. He sits, keeping her in his lap as the detective closes the door again. You okay, babe? He pulls her face back, kisses her nose, and searches her eyes. It's damn near erotic watching the two of them. I am now, Cherry smiles and they share a quick kiss that makes the rest of us a little uncomfortable. I turn away and find Lorenzo watching me with an expression I don't understand. Hey sis, you good? Duke asks me. His eyes rest on my hands, cradled inside Lorenzo's again. I don't even remember how that happened. Duke stares at Lorenzo with cold eyes, and I feel him stiffen up and sit taller in his chair. Yeah, I respond immediately, bringing his focus back to me. Duke and Cherry haven't had the best experiences with the police, especially detectives, and I see that in the way they warily watch these two. I think we're all finished here, Detective Phillips says, sensing the tension in the air. Right, Valentino? Lorenzo looks into my eyes. I know what he's asking, and I look away without answering. I'm not committing to anything, and speaking with him, calling him, or seeing him again is not something I'm ready for. Yeah. Lorenzo's response is tight and he gets to his feet, letting my hand go. You shouldn't stay here tonight and you shouldn't be alone. His voice is soft when he speaks to me. We'll take care of her. I don't realize until that moment that Duke has moved closer to me. Kalani's still in his arms. She looks at me and gives me a genuine smile. I don't know what she sees in my expression, but I pray it's not the want that I'm feeling for Lorenzo maybe what she needs is a police officer stationed with her she lets the request hang in the air and Duke gives her a confused expression her back is slightly turned to me so I miss the look she gives him but after he glances at Lorenzo and then me he seems to get some type of enlightenment this shit is even more embarrassing we can arrange that Lorenzo assures we can put your sister up in a hotel room for the night I have your contact information and can send you all the details once she's settled Lorenzo offers Cherry a sincere apology. I'm sorry you had to go through all this. I'm a survivor, Cherry says, finally climbing off Duke but continuing to lean against him. I'll be fine, but I'm worried about my sister. She will need to be looked after closely. That's enough, Cherry. I can't take much more of her meddling. I really just want them all gone, and since she will be the hardest one to get rid of, she needs to go first. Then I can put Lorenzo out in peace. Episode 31. Waking up in Lorenzo's arms is like nothing I ever experienced in my life. I feel so safe and so cared for. I know it's crazy. I don't know anything about this man. Well, that's not true. I do know a few things, but not nearly enough to be this comfortable. Maybe it's because it's been so long. I will admit that one of the hardest things for me to get used to after my divorce was sleeping alone. Sure, there were times when Carson was out of town or I was with Cherry or my parents, but the finality of knowing I would be sleeping alone from that point on hit me hard. It was like the bed suddenly grew and I felt so cold because of it. But Lorenzo's arms feel better than what his faces ever did. They are so beefy and strong, wrapped around me tight enough to keep me in place without hurting me. Last night, after all the craziness, instead of taking me to a hotel, we came back to his house. It was supposed to be a pit stop, just long enough for him to grab a few things before we got a room. I know he told Cherry he would watch over me, but I'm sure his intentions were not purely chivalrous. I don't mind. The truth is, I missed him, and although I know this isn't going anywhere, I wouldn't mind the option to test drive him again. You can tell a lot about a person from their home, and I learned a few things about Lorenzo as I helped myself to take a look last night. First, he's a huge basketball fan. There's a goal in the backyard near his pool, and plenty of basketballs in the basement home gym, plus some other memorabilia. Secondly, For a 2,500 to 3,000 square foot man cave, he is very neat. Everything is in its proper place. He also has a nice taste in furniture. The pieces are all big, sturdy, and expensive. There are small feminine touches here and there. Vases of silk flowers, paintings, and other decorations throughout the house that add splashes of color to the otherwise overpowering earth tone color scheme. And finally, he likes to cook. His kitchen rivals mine. He has brand name pots and pans, baker, and utensil sets. His cabinets, refrigerator, and freezers are all fully stocked, complete with leftovers. Yeah, y'all know I peeked. He also works a lot because his home office doesn't look like it gets much play, but the bookshelves are amazing. He's got a little of everything urban lit, science fiction, mysteries, autobiographies. I love a man that reads. But the most impressive thing in the entire house is his bed. A California king with a mattress to die for. I could sleep in it every night. And if I get a chance to check out the manufacturer tech before I leave, I'm going to price one for myself. Hmm. Good morning. Lorenzo moans, squeezing me. His face is buried into the back of my neck as he grinds his morning wood against my ass. I can't help but tremble. Just as I wonder if he even realizes who he snuggled up with, he says in a deep, scratchy tone, I like waking up with you, beautiful. Does he call every female beautiful? Corinne, he kisses the back of my neck. How did you sleep? Can he read my mind? I slept good, thanks. Except for the pain in my fucking face. How's your face feel? He rolls me over on my back and stares down at me, using his fingers to gently check my war wounds. Yep, he can read my mind. It will be fine. Uncomfortable under him, I sit up and he flops on his back. That's when I realize he's naked. His chiseled chest and abs look like something airbrushed on his body. The sheet is low on his hips and I can see his dick print clearly. Damn. When it jumps, my eyes shoot to his, and he gives me a sexy-ass smile as he stretches, flexing his muscles. You want some...thing to eat? I can't help but laugh, and he joins me. I make a mean omelet. Sure, I agree. Quickly climbing out of bed and grabbing my hygiene bag from my overnight case. He must have brought it in from the car after I fell asleep last night. How thoughtful. I rush into the bathroom, close and lock the door, because the last thing I need is to see that hypno dick. You know the kind I'm talking about, dick that hypnotizes. After a hot shower, I'm dressed in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. I head downstairs and find Lorenzo leaning against the counter, flipping through the newspaper. He's dressed only in a pair of large basketball shorts. My God, he is fine. He smiles at me and I swear my heart is beating in my stomach. I can't help smiling back as he approaches slowly and pulls me in and kisses me softly. I want a real kiss, but I don't want to hurt you. He runs his finger over the split in my lip. How does it feel? I'm okay. He looks skeptical. Really, the hot shower did wonders for my aches. My Good. Good. He moves back to the cabinet and takes out a couple of plates, and in no time, we're seated at the kitchen table. He didn't lie. He can make a mean omelet. He's fine. Check. He's a gentleman. Check. He has a very nice dick that he knows what to do with. Check. He has his own place. Check. He has his own vehicle. Check. He has a good job. Check. He can cook. Check. Shit, Lorenzo is looking better and better. And how could I forget? He doesn't have any baby mamas. Check. As much as I want to fake the funk and pretend this could go somewhere, when I look at him, I see a man who probably has a different woman up in here every night. Sometimes more than one. A heartbreaker from the cradle. I can't risk it. I will hang out with them a little bit longer so it's not like I ate and ran. And then I will get him to take me home and I'll try my damnedest to leave him in the fuckable, friendable category. Rule number 22. Always accept the truth, no matter how painful. Are you still up? Girl, good night.
0: Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
3: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes.